0: as hell and I want to get ill, so I go to a place where my homeboys chill, fellas out there trying to make that dollar, I pulled up in sixfold. And-
1: hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot.
2: And I am Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot and Graphic Policy.
0: And, and I- we've got a very special guest. Uh, Rich, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Rich Bonaduce with uh, Fox 13, Good Day, Utah, and I do all kinds of other stuff, Critical Mass and whatnot, and write for uh, Salt Lake Magazine as well, film critic.
1: See, look, you're all fancy. You, all you put fancy us to shame. stuff. <laughs> you so.
2: you you work for a legacy media outlet. You are far superior to us, obviously.
0: <laughs> it's really funny how I got that Salt Lake mag job. I, I was sitting in, a uh, I think, a doctor's office just thumbing through the magazine trying to find if they had movie reviews at the back and they didn't and so i just wrote to them and said wow well, salt lake mag you don't have anything about this and they said yeah we do online so i looked online and it was a uh, ap it just dragged it yeah. from from and i went well you're salt lake magazine you don't have anyone local how about me and they said okay
1: <laughs> actually I, i'm, I'm working years ago. A, uh, a brand new outlet that'll hopefully be set set up in the next week or two, and that's kind of the uh, the way I approached it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you don't have any film reviews. Uh, you know, I I know someone who could do that for you. And you should, and I should do it for you. <laughs> wink, wink. And uh, the editor seems to like the idea, so waiting for him to get back from vacation. So, anyways, cool. we going off on tangents. Uh, so, we've got two movies for you this week. Uh, we've got Transformers Who Gives a Crap, uh, number 39, and uh, also the new War of the Planet of the Apes. But, because we go worst to first, and we have to eat our vegetables before we get to our dessert... Okay. But I like vegetables.
0: And I I still didn't like this.
2: Yeah, I like (laughs) vegetables. I like vegetables. This is not vegetables. This is garbage.
0: Yeah, so... This is a kale smoothie with poo in it.
1: Yeah, It's and, and we're... You know, I was just debating whether or not we should do a not safe for work episode because I really want to go off on this movie, but we're gonna keep it safe for all the kids out there, uh, which is better than we can say about Transformers the last night. Um, here's the thing is, we normally do a plot synopsis because we want to give you a semblance of an idea of what's going on in this movie. <laughs> I have been thinking about this for two days now. I still don't know what the hell this movie's about. All I know is it has something to do. With Anthony Hopkins and King Arthur and Merlin, who's always snozzled, because he has to say that. Uh, And then there's this magic staff that uh, Star-Lord's mom can wield. And (laughs) there's a planet coming to Earth. And there's an evil blue lady transformer who wants to eat Earth to fix her planet. And optimus prime turns into nemesis prime he goes bad but then he immediately changes back before he does anything because i think his and bumblebee's mom are both
0: named martha um i tell you what uh imdb says this okay optimus prime finds his dead home planet cybertron okay and he did in which he comes to find he was responsible for its destruction not really sure how He finds a way to bring Cybertron back to life, but in order to do so, Optimus needs to find an artifact that's back on Earth. That is the synopsis from IMDB. And what I think is a lot
1: more sense than the movie. (laughs) Well what I
0: think is funny about that is we we talked about this immediately afterwards, Adam, that we we looked on again on IMDB. And uh, seven people are responsible for this script. Seven people, and we're convinced that they all sat yes. in separate rooms <laughs> and came up with... It's actually more like five-ish, because a couple of them did story by, and then they did screenplay. But we're yeah. convinced they kind of sat in a, different rooms, came up with different ideas, and somebody said, let's use them all. But uh, IMDB, it seems like when they did that synopsis, they picked basically one. You know what I mean? Because there's a whole lot more in there but Yeah. I think he just went here's here's one of the storylines maybe
1: the <laughs> maybe this is the one that we know they, they based
0: a 12th of the movie on but we're not sure yeah I was going to um, say in the trailer they show a lot of, of Optimus Prime going hey for my world to survive yours has to die and I'm like that doesn't happen until about two and a half hours to 215 into the movie and by then we've lost, we we don't care anymore. So yeah. <laughs> there, Andy,
2: there's so a he, oh, there's go. a story about uh the the beginnings of the TV show Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which if you're familiar with it, it is anarchic, it is crazy, it is random, it does not make a lot of sense. But it, when they originally pitched the show to Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, they, they threw out all of these ideas. And there's like there's this giant uh, robot rabbit that's going to be coming through the town. Uh, there's these moon knights that come down from the moon. Ooh. And there's a mummy that they're going to have to fight. And this is all in a 15-minute pilot. And the, the, the head of uh, Cartoon Network for Adult Swim, uh, Keith Lazo, says... Kids, that sounds like 20 gallons of shit in a 10-gallon hat, <laughs> and you can't put that all in a 15-minute episode and make it work, and so that ended up being the entire first season, and they had to focus on one thing. This script is the exact same way. I cannot make heads or tails of what they were trying to do with this plot, and I can sum up exactly what's wrong with this movie by explaining like one 10-minute action sequence up at at, at the top. So, uh, the Decepticons are coming. They're trying to find Mark Wahlberg. He's out in a junkyard in in the badlands in North Dakota, hiding out with some other Autobots and and hiding them. They're like, "Oh, the Decepticons are coming." Great. The Dinobots are there, and I'm like, oh, we're going to get a big brawl in this junkyard, and it's going to be great, and the Dinobots are going to fight, and it's going to be fun. Well, (laughs) no, that's not what happens. They leave the junkyard. Dinobots inexplicably stay behind, don't really get to do anything, and they end up in an abandoned town somewhere in North Dakota because, you know, There's lots of abandoned cities all across the Midwest of the country. And you can just go to them and start blowing things up and it'll totally work out fine. And in these abandoned towns uh, that are, you know, old small towns, there's going to be two giant Art Deco skyscrapers that you can go and blow up. Because, you know... there's tons of skyscrapers out there in in small abandoned towns. Everybody knows this. And you can have your people try to escape through the skyscrapers by going up a giant external elevator because those exist in small towns (laughs) abandoned in America. And inexplicably, Marky Mark falls out of the elevator and has to do some sort of acrobatic real. stunt jumping from drone to real drone Dino. sent out by the government to try and track them. None of that makes any sense whatsoever or is in any way based in reality and it's not even cool to look at. Stay in the junkyard, have the Dinobots fight, have a real rock'em sock'em knockdown throwout fight. That might have been fun. I don't know why they did any of that stuff that they did. Stupid, 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 stupid.
1: Yeah, st- stupid seems to be the w- the word that just completely encapsulates everything about this movie. Uh, like I said, like, the the biggest thing I can say is you know we, uh, you know, I went and saw this with Rich the other day and Val, and we went to get uh, dinner afterwards and have some drinks, and we literally sat there for an hour, all three of us trying to be like. What was this movie about? Like, I know we've talked about this already on uh, on this review, but, like, that's the most damning thing I can say is, like, I, I don't think anyone had any idea what was going on or what was happening or why. Uh, and I've seen all the Transformers, but this one, it just takes the cake. It's the one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And, and, and not to get political or anything, but I also love the message that we, uh, that... Star Lord's mom was told by her mom was that, oh no, honey, it's fine. You don't need to be smart. You just need a boyfriend. Just get a boyfriend and everything will be fine. I'm like, this is the freaking summer of Wonder Woman. How are we still having these kind of dumbass messages in these stupid, shitty movies? Like, ugh. I don't know. It just makes me angry.
0: Yeah, I felt the same way uh, initially. Uh, even um, Marky Mark's daughter saying, Dad, you know, stop all this really cool stuff that you're doing. You just need a girlfriend. And then, of course, with the PhD from Britain, um, she just needs a man. And I'm going, oh my gosh, we, we just had Wonder Woman, and then we totally forgot all about that with 47 meters down. <laughs> you know, let's let's go do this dangerous thing to show your boyfriend you're cool. And you're and, not, uh, and not uh, boring. You're not boring, because it's your fault that he broke up with you, because you're boring. And oh, oh my God. But, um... Yeah, I, I definitely felt that way as so well. I, I actually felt the same ways you did, Adam. As far as there are a lot of different things that go into a movie, and this did almost all of them wrong, except for maybe the effects. The effects looked good. I'll admit, they spent their two seventeen well, but <laughs> and I thought there were smatterings of good ideas here and there. I didn't mind the uh, the possibility that the Transformers had been on the planet longer than we thought. Except it kind of, that's kind of a big secret to keep for a long time. And in the first movie, no one knew about them. Exactly, uh, I, right? <laughs> it throws a bunch of things off. But but I think the problem was way too many cooks in that kitchen. You know, pick one. Pick one idea, maybe.
1: Yeah. And see, exactly. there's, you know, there's the, the Bumblebee spinoff, which is supposed to take place in the 80s. That's coming out next year. Uh, and, and here's my thing is, I love Transformers. I used to watch them as a kid. Uh, the transformers movie, the cartoon is one of the most gloriously wonderfully eighties things you will ever see in your life. So if you've not seen it, just go out and get it. Uh, and I liked the first transformers movie. I had a lot of fun with it. It was interesting. I got to see robots, punching robots, which really is all we, we kind of go to these films for, but then they just kind of like tried to spend so much time focused on the human characters, which no one cares about. I don't care about Marky Mark from Boston, Texas. Um, and just too much navel-gazing and like, ooh, we'll try to make a point. No! Robots punching robots! That's what Pacific Rim did so well. We got robots fighting monsters. That's all we
0: care about. You know, Give us I'm, that and we'll be happy. Yeah, I've, I've sort of defended Transformers in the past when everyone jumped on them, and I'm like, look, these are this is based on toys, for crying out loud, of robots that turn into cars and trucks. Like, how much depth do you want? All, yeah. all we really want is... A big, fun, summer blow-em-up. And, again, yeah, Pacific Rim was that. You know, big monsters, big robots. But this wasn't even that. I found myself going, this isn't even fun. Like, it's not funny, really. A lot of the jokes did not land. A couple did, but in two and a half hours, probably more should. And, uh, again, it wasn't a fun blow-em-up. It was, like, an exhausting blow-em-up
2: yeah michael bay seemed to take that 217 million dollar budget and throw it all into the effects right. and make the most boring version of any movie you could have possibly done it's like if if i'm being bored by explosions you are really doing something <laughs> wrong and but for a couple of tiny things Optimus Prime fighting, you know, a giant combiner uh, Decepticon near the end. That was kind of cool. Like, do do some cool stuff like that. I mean, uh, I, I don't expect much from a Transformers <laughs> movie because the bar is set so low. For and you. somehow this
0: you didn't came much. in
2: un- under that because it was just boring.
0: And even and that, they didn't do it for long. I mean, he didn't no. fight that dude for long. No. It was he like two up. seconds. Yeah, he shows up. He's in... And when I say he, I mean Optimus Prime. And if you don't know who he is, he'll tell you who he is about three or four times. I but am Optimus Prime. <laughs> Optimus Prime. I am Nemesis Prime. In case you're wondering who I am. By the way, I'm Optimus Prime. But he's in the beginning, a little bit. Then we have this massive movie. And then he shows up at the end. He's not around for a while. He has his Martha moment. Changes way, yeah, way too quickly. And... The fight is over way too quickly as well like wow that didn't give me anything that i really wanted give me some uh, like you're saying the combiner that would have been a cool fight
2: yeah and and again if if michael bay didn't keep going back to this same bag of tricks that basically seems to be misogyny uh you know it wouldn't be so troubling but again him taking the female characters in this franchise and just no matter what he's doing turning them into sex pots you have this woman <laughs> you have star lord's mom the who PhD. is this yeah this and and she keeps reminding you how smart she is and at every turn her intelligence is denigrated but her beauty and her looks are what are what she's all about, and Marky Mark says uh, makes a makes a point to talk about her wearing a stripper dress yeah. and uh, commenting on her boobs, and it's just like, what the hell? Like, why did we need to go there? It, it, there was absolutely no need to do this, and essentially, she's just a British Megan Fox uh, version uh, who who supposedly has a PhD, but even the supposedly smart people in this movie are really really dumb and i i just i don't i don't get it why do you denigrate intelligence so much i think it's because they actually don't understand what intelligence is and this is <laughs> <laughs> these characters in here—the Tony Hale character, the uh, uh-huh. the Anthony Hopkins character—this is what stupid people think smart people are like, and and I think that's the that's how these characters came to be.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I need at this point. Here we go.
2: Okay. Ooh, Papa! frosty beverage.
0: Yeah, uh, it is a frosty beverage. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a peach, kerns, nectar, 100% natural. Geez.
1: Actually, I, I remind me off air to tell you how to make a really delicious drink with that, with uh, Amaretto, vodka, and uh, cherries.
0: Hey, maybe everyone would like to know. That's a good idea.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, after seeing Transformers, people might need that. Oh, so oh. we went.
1: We went oh, drinking. We went drinking, and I, I may or may not have smuggled a flask in. That's all I'm gonna say. He did. He did.
0: <laughs> so but did yeah, what a truly paycheck movie. Anthony Hopkins was there to basically explain what the hell was going on about he two hours into it. Was a good job it. Of it. <laughs> he didn't even right. And Stanley Tucci was there just. I, oh, when I saw him, I went, "No, oh, no."
1: And again, Tony,
0: Tony Hale as well, and even John Turturro has been in you know, a few of these. I was just like, oh, come on. I get Marky Mark in here. Like, I get that. But what are you guys doing here? It was it was funny, too, because originally
1: when I saw the, the running time of this movie, I swore to God it was like three and a half hours. And I was like,
0: oh, my I, I God. I did hear that rumor.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I was like well, I know they're not going to screen it for us because that's how they are. But, like, I still have to go see it so I can at least nominate it for a Razzie. Um, <laughs> but... uh So I went in, and I looked at my phone, and was like, oh, it's only two and a half hours long. Okay, that was just like a relief. This was the longest two and a half hours of my life. Like, I was tempted, probably about an hour in, to pull my phone out and look at the time. I did. You did, yes. But (laughs) I didn't, because I knew damn well that if I checked, I would have seen how little time had gone by, and I would have been even more pissed. This was the... I I swore we were in that theater for four hours. Like, I... I've never had something drag on that long. And to consider this is just about as long or a little bit longer than Wonder Woman was, which the time just flies by in that movie. It's it's just astounding.
2: Yeah, when they set
0: up Oh, I'm sorry, good.
2: Yeah, the fourth Transformer movie was a lot longer, but two
0: forty five
2: ish? Yeah, but felt uh but felt a little better. Because at least it was punctuated with some fun stuff every once in a while. Where it was, it was so bad it you could almost laugh about how bad it was. Like actual lines, like uh, your villain saying, "My face is my warrant," <laughs> and inexplicably <laughs> stupid uh, action sequences, uh, blowing up Hong Kong. Like it, there's. There's a point where it's like okay I I can buy into that but the the basic flaw of this movie is it's just boring and there was at very few points in here where I was actually entertained and so that two and a half hour runtime it's just like you guys you gotta bring something in here there's just nothing to latch on to yeah.
1: so all right well I think we've torn this apart. About as much as well. I, actually, I could I could probably spend. Oh, like I could two keep and going. hours going. <laughs> but uh, well, let's let's move on to better things. So out of, out of ten, Rich, what do you give this movie?
0: Uh, I ended I ended up doing a grade thing and I gave it a D minus, which about is about as close to an F as I could get without giving it an F. And the only reason I didn't was because I did feel, for instance, in a big special effects movie, the special effects were good. And I did like some of the ideas. I just didn't like that they were so broken up. It was so convoluted, especially, again, for a movie where it's robots fighting robots. How complicated a plot does it need to be? Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty darn low. I don't know where that would be on a number scale, probably around 2 or something, but D-ish minus for me.
2: Yeah, that's what I gave it. I gave it a 2 out of 10 because at least it didn't have racist step and fetch it robots and it didn't have leonard nimoy telling us that the needs of the many outweigh ah, the needs no. of the few so you know sins of the previous transformer movies uh it, it, it it's like it didn't go to the lowest of the lows of the franchise but it never hit the the highs either so yeah two out of ten
1: so i I i I've been wrestling with what score to give this movie, uh, and I ended up going with a 1 out of 10, uh, just because, like Rich said, there there are some cool special effects. I'll give him that. And... There... <clears throat> there was maybe one moment I might have laughed once. I don't know. It was I, I kind of also spent on desperation because the movie was almost over. But... Uh, <laughs> there, this Just don't go see this. This is absolutely horrible. If you truly, truly must subject yourself to it, here's what you do is go buy a ticket to something else and sneak into this one so that you don't give them any money so that they'll stop making these damn things. Because they set up a sixth one in the in the mid-credits scene. Yes. I'm not happy about that either. But anyways, yeah, so Transformers, blah. Uh, but we do have another movie this week that is, I think, actually a little bit longer than Transformers, but managed to actually tell a good story. Uh, and that would be War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Rich, tell us about that one.
0: Yes, War for the Planet of the Apes. It's actually... Uh... Two hours and 22 minutes, so yeah, it's a touch longer. Uh didn't feel longer than Transformers, although I'll admit it probably nope. felt a little too long. But anyway, this is part yes. three of the uh, sequel, uh, uh, I'm sorry, of the uh, prequel trilogy, which was Dawn, Rise, and War. So basically, after the apes have suffered all these losses in the last movie, uh, Caesar's kind of just trying to basically say, look, if you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. Leave us the woods. We won't we won't go any further, etc. But for whatever reason, the humans just just keep encroaching upon them, and so it is basically a war. All of the stuff that is built up from the not really the first movie, but the second movie is coming to a head. Uh, the the simian flu kind of thing that helped create the apes in a way uh, has decimated the human population, and so the humans feel like they are they are literally you know Neanderthals to Cro Magnon, so to speak, situation. And they need to take out the apes. However, some of them don't feel that way. Like, not everyone is in on this war. And so, not only are the humans sort of fighting amongst themselves, they're also fighting the apes. And even some of the apes are fighting amongst themselves. Some of them want to fight humans. Some want to leave them alone. So, there's a big battle, and everyone's just trying to work it out, so to speak. But the fact that it's a trilogy, that it's a prequel trilogy, and that we know where it's going... We kind of know it's going to the planet of the apes. so <laughs> We know that they win. We just don't know how slash why. And that's what this movie basically tells
1: us. And see, that's, you know, that's, that's one big problem that every single prequel is going to have. I mean, we can bring up the Star yeah. Wars prequels. You know because where it's going. Yeah, yeah. You know where it's going. But the cool thing with this movie uh, and this series is it's taking a really interesting route to get there. So, yes, we know how... Things are going to happen, you know, years down the road. But the journey to get there is really intriguing, really interesting. Um, and, and yes, if you're a fan of the original, this movie does set up everything uh, in the first Planet of the Apes. As far as, you know, what, you know, who is Cornelius? Why are the apes in charge? Why are the humans stupid? Uh, <laughs> it all lays it out there with a nice little bow on it. And so for fans of that series, as well as this one, there's a lot of fun little Easter eggs that you're going to get a kick out of Um but, yeah, it is it, it is about 20, 30 minutes too long, uh, and it could have yeah. been tightened up very easily. I <clears> think <throat> you and I were both talking about the fact that there's there's a lot of scenes of, like, apes just, like, gazing out in the distance.
0: <laughs> Almost like a perfume commercial. <laughs> Pondering shots of apes, wondering what to, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, that, that being said, though, this is truly a great film, and I, I, can, I can definitely and safely say it is the recommended movie of the week.
2: Well, unfortunately we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks for it to come out uh, oh, yeah, and right, uh, and and before and before it does uh you know there we're going to get Spider-Man and you know it's it's going to be hard to remember when this comes out like oh yes that's right there there's a planet of the apes out there because everyone's going to be going crazy for Spider-Man. The <laughs> the
0: best
2: the best thing about this movie is it is in so many ways the anti-transformers.
0: Yeah, that's true. It,
2: it is smart. It's got really cool action. It is well thought out. And it really has something to say. And, and that's something that I've loved about this trilogy so far, is not only does it really wear its heart on its sleeve, and it wears its brain on its sleeve, but there's some really deft social commentary in here. And and essentially, um, what it's set up is talking about all of these issues of like in group, out group psychology and, and how we view our enemies and, and how we deal with them. But it makes it very clear because, well, it's humans and monkeys. And yes, I know that chimps are not monkeys, but I, I like saying monkeys because it's it's a good word. Um, and a
1: monkey, a
2: monkey, a monkey. <laughs> so the the whole everything that's going on here is uh, a, a lot of it is is Caesar actually kind of searching his soul, trying to figure out like what he should do as a leader of his people, and he has this beautiful counterpart. In Woody Harrison's Woody Harrelson's Colonel character, uh, I think he's very clearly a Colonel for a reason. Uh, a lot of homage to Apocalypse Now, and um,
1: yeah.
2: it, it's very clear that that's what they're trying to reference and uh, trying to bring out the worst in humanity in this character. But the best thing about him is he doesn't think he's the bad guy and faced with this apocalyptic situation, he doesn't completely seem like he is the bad guy. A lot like Gary Oldman was in the second movie. He seems kind of justified. We, we kind of feel for him too. And being able to look at that makes a whole lot of sense. And even though they they bring out, you know, kind of the worst of the worst of humanity in here, everything from war to concentration camps and attempted genocide, uh you think about these things and and you feel about a lot of these things and it is not lost on us that one of the things that uh he is trying to do is trying to build a giant wall.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, that that's a. If there's one one kind of problem, well, I don't know if it's a problem. It's, it's uh,
0: it a might over obvious.
2: Yeah, it is a little over obvious, and and I think that bit is maybe not going to age well. Yeah. But um, you know, for 2017, it also feels like okay, you're a little on the nose here. Like, but but that being said. Um, I, I kind of liked it because I like my movies to have a strong political edge, and I, I felt that it did it rather well.
0: Yeah. I also, I also liked that he was a colonel because he had, I, I mean, humans in general had that motivation of, oh my gosh, we're, we're feeling threatened. But uh, I, I've, I've been in the military, and, and um, there is that, 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 that whole groupthink of, we're in this together. And we have to do what is necessary for our side, even if it's uncomfortable. And it gets into this thing of, like, how far would you go? Because he takes matters into his own hands uh, in in a few ways, even even shooting his own. And that's as far as I'll go in order to, yeah. uh, you know, succeed in, in his goal, etc. And... It really is this sort of it really does set it up as a survival kind of thing. This this they don't feel like they can talk their way out of this. They don't feel like they can be reasonable. They feel like they have to do something radical in order to survive. And when you've got people with firepower, people with training with that kind of motivation, that's a very scary thing.
1: No, exactly, and, and the, it just, again, touches on the point of how well-written this is because, yes, Woody Harrelson is definitely the villain here, and he's, he's someone who is pretty despicable in the way he does and says things, but at the same time, like Andy mentioned, you know, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He's, he's not motivated by hatred or bias. He's motivated by, I'm trying to make sure that we survive. And the best villains are the ones who who think that way. I mean, That's what makes villains so interesting and so amazing is when you know they're convinced they're doing the right thing. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's enough to a point where if you were in the exact same situation and had gone through the same experiences as he had, it kind of makes you wonder what you would do in that situation. And that's something that's really, really great to see in a movie. Uh, one the thing, too, I want to bring up because we haven't talked about it... Um, Andy Serkis needs to win some kind of damn award for these things because <laughs> yes. yes I understand he's a digital character but he's the one on set doing the mocap acting emoting doing his own voice as Caesar and every single movie it just gets better and better and better to where you know yeah you could in the first one with with Rise it looked really really good but you knew it was it was CG this one looks damn near flawless I mean it's Uh, You swear that there were apes running around on screen because it's that realistic. But (laughs) I I know know, they don't really award people for doing mocap, but damn it, he needs something because this is amazing and I think he will easily go down in history as being not only a pioneer in this field, but um, also probably one of the best we've ever had.
0: Yeah, this is shaping up to be one of my favorite trilogies. I loved the first one. I loved Rise. I loved the very emotional angle to... You know, what was kind of campy and silly with Charlton Heston, all, the, all these guys walking around in ape costumes, and to see how it's how it happened was great. The second one I, I thought was, was good. Um, I thought it took a little bit of a step back. It was kind of a perfunctory action thing to sort of steer us towards what we're getting now, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the big climactic battle, yeah. so to speak. What a yeah, really good trilogy and a really smart way. To give you know the the history of how something came to be, I mean especially that first one i I just love I just love rise I think it's great
2: well, and bringing up Charlton Heston, I mean I mentioned how this movie really homages uh apocalypse now in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. uh, aside from oh, uh, very obvious homages to uh, the original Planet of the Apes films, I think another movie that it really takes a lot from, uh, or maybe not a movie, but, uh, the 10 commandments also with Charlton Heston, uh, you know, really setting up Caesar as a Moses type character, as a, as a messianic leader who is trying to lead his people to a promised land. And, and that is what this is about and trying to free his people from, uh, you know, under the boot of an oppressive leader uh who who captures them i thought that was really cool and if you're familiar with the biblical narrative there's a lot of payoff at the very end that i'm i'm not going to go into but if you're familiar you'll be like ah i get it i get what they were going for so read your bible kids
1: (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) you mean where, where caesar becomes moses and takes him to utah like you said
2: Exactly. Well, I, I I wanted to point this out because I think this is actually true. They're talking about okay. Well, we're we got to go someplace where the humans won't follow us. Uh, they're like okay. Well, we're, we leave and we cross we cross a desert. If you leave the Muir Woods north of San Francisco in Marin County, California, and you cross a desert, where do you end up?
0: You end My up hometown. In your town.
2: <laughs> yeah you do right where you I end am. up in <laughs> and in the i right I, place this is the place move on <laughs> here uh carry on or what, what is it brigham young says so well, yeah, you maybe
0: this is the right place
2: yeah maybe maybe it's not uh, i don't know maybe it was utah <laughs> so <laughs> he's 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 brigham young he's nicholas cage he's moses <laughs> maybe so utah. maybe it was utah so that that that's all I'll say. The, the other thing, the other performance that I loved in this movie is Steve Zong. Oh, uh, I didn't even know they, it was
1: him. Yes. Oh, he's no, so Steve amazing he's Bad
2: Ape. <laughs> Bad Ape, this Bad Ape. beautiful, fun character who they find, who's a new character. We've never seen him before. Uh, who is a rescued zoo monkey or chimp, not a monkey. Um Dave. And he he calls him he calls himself bad ape because it's very obvious that's what the the zoo staff called him he's funny uh but he he also has a lot of lessons and a lot of things to teach people and um really smart and really really good use of um of humor to break a lot of the tension because things get really serious really fast in this movie and without him, this movie could have felt really oppressive and just a, a slog. And it was great that we had Bad Ape to lighten the mood over and over again.
1: Yeah, no, b- Bad Ape definitely uh, gave us moments of levity when we desperately needed it. Because yeah, this this, this is a pretty dark and can be at times oppressive film. But uh, you know, in in the end, there is a lot of hope, even though we know it's not hope for mankind. <laughs> uh, it's for the apes uh but yeah it's this has turned out to be as rich said such a great trilogy and something i never knew i needed in my life until it came out and i gotta go see it but yeah definitely this is the 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 recommend of well next month when it finally comes out uh i'm at an 8.5 out of 10 i i really really like this a lot uh even though it was very, very long, it didn't feel that way, and I'm really excited to go back and watch it again because I know I missed a lot of stuff, and there's layers that need to be pulled back and kind of looked through differently um, that I'm excited to go see.
2: I'm at a 9.5 out of 10. I oh, really wow. love this. Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Uh, I think this this Get Out and Logan are, are my now my top three, and... Uh, I will need subsequent viewings to uh, really think about this because I think there's even more that I missed in this. Um, well, I, I want to so you know, go see it again.
1: Next week we're going to add a fourth movie to that list of your top of the year. So,
2: yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to have a, a, a palate cleanser after Transformers.
2: It really would. Yeah. So Unfortunately, we have to wait a couple of weeks. Yeah.
0: Rich, where are you at? Oh, I'm in the nine range. Yeah. I. I again. I. I really liked it, and I thought it actually bounced back a bit from two. Not that I thought two was was uh, that is a uh, dawn. Not that I thought it was bad. I just uh, after rise after rise being so good and so so emotional and um, just wonderful to see uh, James Franco's character sort of watching his father played by Jonathan Lithgow, lose his faculties. And what he was willing to do to try to help him and then watch this ape gain faculties and sort of learn how to, how to be from watching these two interact. And that whole relationship and all that, and that carries over into the next two movies, like you were saying, about you know, how he cares about his people and how he is willing to, to do whatever he can to protect them. I think he did that from learning, from watching uh, Franco and, and Lithgow in the first one. But the second one was a little bit more of a straight up, more action for me. And this one, I thought it was a good balance between the inevitable war. I get it. You know, we have to have this clash, but also the underlying war within himself. How do I do this? How do I, how do I not become an animal again, and uh, and and actually be be true to these 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 values now that I've gained in all this. <laughs> and, and uh yeah he d- he does what he can it's war's hell it's another yeah. message here it brings everybody down even with the best of intentions but no it's it's really good and again i thought a great capper to a great trilogy cool well there you go uh obvious recommendation is Planet to the apes you gotta wait a
1: couple weeks but trust us it'll be worth it just go hop on you know, go watch the first two again yeah. uh, maybe you revisit the original series or at least a couple of them uh, and, and just spam I, the hell out of the trailers on, on YouTube
0: <laughs> you know, skip skip the uh, uh, not to mark Mark Bash too much but skip the Marky Mark version oh yeah no, that one check is... out <laughs> any apes yeah
1: yeah, let's yeah we don't ugh I, I always forget about that. that that wouldn't even exist so yeah let's let's it's not probably go let's... better that way if you want to see Marky Mark in something good go watch The Departed because that man swears yeah the way that man swears in that movie he uses curse words like a paintbrush <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely good in that. Yeah, he's good in that. So, uh, or even go see Ted. The First Ted was fun, at least. So that'll take us to this week. Uh, Rich, thank you very, very much for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, you're always welcome. Anytime you want to come back. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> oh, I created a monster. <laughs> uh, so next week we've got a couple films coming out. We've got The Beguiled, uh, Despicable Me three, and the one that I'm super, super excited about uh, is Baby Driver, which is the new Edgar Wright action kind of dramedy uh movie about ansel egbert who we knew from uh fault Our stars who is a getaway driver uh and the
0: movie's got
2: a hum in his drum and that's what makes him the best
0: (laughs) (laughs) by the way the house is also coming out with amy poehler and will ferrell which is not being screened for critics which is scary well we we know know Uh what that means
1: but to be fair they didn't screen get out for us either so uh but uh yeah andy i i'm we saw uh, we, we did a back-to-back Planet of the Apes and Baby Driver uh, the other day. So, a lot of scene time in the movie theater. Uh, I can say very assuredly that, yes, Baby Driver will probably be on your list of favorite movies of the year. Because uh, it's up there in my top five already. And I just, I'm just i excited to go see it again. But anyways, we don't want to talk too wait. much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, even though the, the, the uh, playlist was on Spotify, I still went out and bought the soundtrack. To Baby Driver because it's thirty songs, they're all amazing, uh, and I'm I don't. Check that right now. Yeah, uh, I don't buy CDs or soundtracks ever because Apple Music and Spotify. But I wanted to support this movie because that's how much I loved it. So, yes, we're excited. Next week we'll talk about that. Uh, but until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon.
2: I'm Mary Poppins,
0: y'all. Stay gassy, Utah. <laughs> oh,
1: Homies scored a key, he's gonna fly, punk ass
2: fly